Here's today's reminder. If your church is going to grow, you have to equip your leaders. But how do you do this? How do you empower the leaders at your church to lead well? Join us at equiplab.com backslash church leaders. We're here to equip your ministry team to thrive. Just go to equiplab.com backslash church leaders and join us today. Hello and welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Day. Today we are talking about the subject of Christian nationalism, a term that has been in the news and on the minds of many after the January 6th Capitol riot. So what is Christian nationalism and how do we address it in our churches? We're going to look at the topic from a sociological, theological, and pastoral perspective. You'll likely hear information and insights you haven't heard before. You might not agree with all of it, but after listening to all four episodes of this series, you'll definitely be more informed and better equipped to help your congregation approach Christian nationalism from a Christ-centered perspective. For those of you new to the Church Leaders Podcast, our goal is to help those working in churches lead better every day. Each season of our podcast explores a topic the church is grappling with. Listen as thought leaders, theologians, and pastors offer their insights on the most pertinent discussions happening in churches today. If you enjoy the Church Leaders Podcast, please leave us a review. Your reviews and ratings help other ministry leaders find us and benefit from our content as well. And now, allow me to introduce our guest. Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, here's your host, Jason Day. Hello, and welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Day. And in years past, we've brought you incredible interviews once a week with today's top leaders. In 2021, we're shifting gears to bring you a seasonal podcast with each season exploring a particular theme the Big C Church is currently grappling with. Originally, we planned on launching the first season on the topic of abortion and the future of the pro-life movement. And then January 6th happened, when protesters stormed the U.S. Capitol building. The world looked on in horror as rioters overtook police officers while waving Trump flags and claiming the election was stolen. Sprinkled among those Trump flags were Bibles, crosses, and signs reading, Jesus saves. We also saw rioters who made it into the Senate chamber praying in the name of Jesus. Our team decided this first season needed to address the topic that was suddenly thrust into our collective consciousness— that is, Christian nationalism. While the broader culture may just be learning about this term, it's something the church in the United States has been grappling with for a number of years now and is increasingly responsible for a huge division in the evangelical church. So what is Christian nationalism? And most importantly, how do we as church leaders help our congregations navigate this ideology? We're going to look at this topic from a sociological, theological, and pastoral perspective. You'll likely hear information and perspectives you haven't heard before. You might not agree with all of it, but at the end of the season, you'll definitely be more informed and better equipped to help your congregation approach Christian nationalism from a Christ-centered perspective. And for those of you who are looking forward to the abortion series, don't worry, we'll definitely share those interviews and grapple with that topic in this year's second season. Stick with us. Also, just a friendly reminder that if you enjoy the Church Leaders Podcast, please leave us a review. Your reviews and ratings help other ministry leaders find us and benefit from our content as well. And now, for the first conversation in this series, I had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Samuel Perry, an award-winning scholar and teacher and a follower of Jesus who cares deeply about the church. Sam joined the Sociology Department of the University of Oklahoma in 2015 after finishing his PhD at the University of Chicago. Sam's research explores the interplay of religion and cultural power. 
His work has been published in a variety of academic journals in the fields of sociology, religion, and sexuality. Sam has also published three books, including his most recent, co-authored with colleague Andrew Whitehead, entitled Taking America Back for God, published by Oxford Press. Now, let's dive into my conversation with Sam Perry. Sam, welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. So grateful for your time, and thank you for joining us today. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. We are going to dive into this this topic that in many ways has uh, received a lot of attention, but maybe in other ways has not received enough attention, I would say, and that is Christian nationalism. And Christian nationalism can be a term that's, that's really hard to wrap one's mind around. Uh, there are probably different ways that people think about this idea of Christian nationalism. And so, Sam, to, to start off, can you help us understand this phrase a bit better and what kind of people um, that it might apply to? Yeah, I, I, uh, I care about this question a lot. Um, definitions are really important. And uh, one of the one of the the unfortunate drawbacks of people talking about this a lot. I mean, I'm on social media, and a lot of people are referencing Christian nationalism. And I think the more that that happens, unfortunately, is you have a lot of people who are throwing around the term who who probably aren't able to define it well, and that it ends up being this kind of um, this term that 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 people sense is 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 just kind of uh, a catch-all term for conservative Christian or somebody who wants their faith to impact their values and politics. And that's not ex- at all what we mean by that term. And so I want to be really clear. When in our book uh, and in our research on this topic, when we talk about Christian nationalism, we're talking about an, an ideology that idealizes and advocates a, a fusion of American civic life with a very particular kind of Christianity. Uh, and, and, when I, and when I say Christian or Christianity there, I always want to put an asterisk by it <laughs> because I I don't necessarily mean one who is who is following Jesus or somebody who says that uh, they they affirm the historic creeds of the Christian faith. I mean somebody who assumes that Christian means people like us, uh, people who are most likely white, uh, culturally conservative, born in the United States, um, and and so. What I, what we mean by Christian nationalism is somebody who really demands a fusion of American civic life uh, with that kind of understanding of what it means to be a Christian. Uh, and so that uh, an unfortunate drawback of that is that it it creates a very exclusivist idea of what it means to be truly American or who can be a part of uh, American civic life, uh, who's, who's included in that. Um, and uh, is, I think as we try to as we try to show, uh, is associated with a whole lot of negative things that I don't think people in the church want to be associated with. Yeah, that, that's helpful. And, and one aspect, Sam, that I'd ask you to, to clarify relates to the fact that this, this, this set of beliefs and behaviors is called Christian nationalism, right? And, and, and you've touched on this, but many who hold to these beliefs, hmm. um, they feel that they, they're, they're right, they're justified in these beliefs, that these beliefs are true, that they align with Christianity. And yet your research showed that Christian nationalism often influences one's opinions and behaviors in the exact opposite direction than commitment to the traditional teachings of Jesus. And so can you share some examples? Because I think this is huge, right? Can you share some examples of how Christian nationalism deviates from following Jesus? 
Absolutely. So I, I think this is, and this is one of the things that we try to underscore in our book a lot is that, uh, and people have honest questions about, and, th- and this is an important question to answer because I think one of these questions we get is, hey, am, am I a Christian nationalist just because I, I, I care about Jesus and I want his uh, values to influence mine and, and, and I want to be a, a positive influence in my culture? Are you really just calling me a Christian nationalist because I, I feel like I want to impact the world with the gospel? And of course we're not. And I mean, we're not, uh, we're not, I, I don't, I don't call uh, patriotism uh, uh, Christian nationalism. I don't, I don't think those two things are synonymous. I think Christians are called to be uh, good citizens and good neighbors. Uh, and we should bless uh, the nation with our presence. And so that's not what I mean. Um, and Christian nationalism, as you were pointing out, Jason, often behaves in the exact opposite direction that we understand traditional faith commitment to do. And so I'll give you some examples. Um, we find that people who affirm our measures, and we measure this very carefully, uh, and we, we put a lot of thought into how we can measure this concept of Christian nationalism. We define it, we measure it, uh, we, we, we turn it loose in our statistical models and see how it behaves. Um, and we find that people who affirm our measures of Christian nationalism are more likely to say they hold uh, racist or xenophobic attitudes. In, in other words, they hold uh, attitudes towards immigrants that are irrationally fearful, that, uh, that most of them are criminals, uh, that they want to take all of our jobs, that they contribute nothing valuable to our culture, things that most Christians would say that, you know, that just is not, or, you know, most faithful Christians who want to love their neighbors and want to welcome the sojourner uh, would, would not say that they want that to characterize their own views. But we find that once we include that, uh, that measure of Christian nationalism in our little statistical models, we find that that people who go to church more often, pray, read their Bibles more often, they actually behave in the opposite direction. So in, in other words, the people who are more traditionally committed, as, as we measure that church, prayer, te- or prayer, frequency, Bible reading, they're less likely to hold xenophobic or racist attitudes. They're more likely to be understanding about issues of, say, racial injustice. Uh, they're more likely to... Um, not hold intolerant attitudes of, say, religious outsiders. So another example would be uh, people who hold more strongly Christian nationalist views are more likely to hold what we would consider irrationally fearful attitudes towards Muslims, towards Jewish Americans, toward atheists, um, and to see them as like us versus them. They're the enemy. We're the good guy. We need to keep them out and keep us. And, you know, that kind of that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, that that kind of us versus them mentality really characterizes Christian nationalist views, and I'll talk. We can talk about that more in a little bit. But we find that once we account for Christian nationalism, people who are more traditionally committed, uh, as we measure that, they're they're less likely to hold those intolerant views. They're, they're less likely to hold Iraq. You know, it's not like they're necessarily going to be atheists or Muslims or or convert to those things, but they're more likely to be welcoming to see those groups of people as not threatening, but it, people that we, we serve as Christians, people that we are for, not against. Um, and I think that is kind of where this, uh, if I can, if I can uh, people often ask me, um, how do I see this in the wild? You know, how do I see Christian nationalism? What does it look like when, mm-hmm. I, when I see it? Because they're not going to be distributing surveys like we have and, and, uh, and trying to measure this kind of thing. And I think one of the dead giveaways is how do you look at people who are not Christians? Uh, do you see what is your orientation or your posture towards those people? Is it is it us versus them? They're the 
Muslim, atheist, secular infidels that are trying to wreck our culture and we need to make sure that we maintain control of it and take it away from them? Or is it us for them? These are, these are the people that Jesus died for, that he loves, and that I am called to love and to serve. And so I, I, it just doesn't mean I agree with everything they say. It doesn't mean that I, uh, that I, that I allow um, or, or welcome influences that I feel like are unhelpful in, in our culture or in our church or, or that kind of thing. But it does mean my posture towards them is, how can I love them? How can I uh, live my life in such a way uh, as to where I become all things to all people and am seen as a, a winsome uh, disciple of Jesus in a positive way. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, it's it's fascinating because as as I read through your book, Taking America Back for God, it was fascinating to see a lot of, you know, the research and as you said, kind of statistical analysis that you put into this and to see such a great deviation from those who held to uh, what we call Christian nationalism versus um, the actual teachings of Jesus um, mm-hmm. to, to love your neighbor and to even right. love your enemy. Um, and, and so it's interesting because it almost seems that with Christian nationalism, as you've, as you've said, there's this kind of us versus them. There is more of a um, combative or um, defensive attitude right. uh, toward the world around us. It's almost like the world is encroaching in on you know, something that is, is good and right as opposed to saying Jesus came, gave his life for every man, every woman, every child, and therefore the mission of God is, you know, I'm invited to participate in that. I'm invited right. to participate in extending his love and his grace and his mercy, his compassion, and his the hope of Jesus and the truth of Jesus, definitely. But it's, it's more, it's, it's just very, very odd, and yet so many people seem to be kind of clinging to this Christian nationalism. And I think, you know, in recent history here in the U.S., we've seen it more and more, obviously, in kind of the political arena on a national level. Now, Sam, many many people tend to associate Christian nationalism with the white evangelical church, um, mm-hmm. and probably for a number of reasons. Uh, can can you, uh, you you've you've made it clear that uh, they aren't the same same thing. You you mentioned that earlier in this conversation, but what percentage of the white evangelical church do you think researchers like you would identify as Christian nationalists? Like, how prevalent is this among white evangelicals? Right, that's an important question. So I, I think um, we we try to in the preface. I mean, this is how important it was to us. Uh, in the book to spell this out as clearly as possible, that, that we do not use white evangelical and Christian nationalists as, the, as synonymous, uh, that we, we feel like I, I, I subscribe to the, to the view that, uh, historically speaking, uh, an evangelical is somebody who, uh, you know, if you're familiar with the Bebbington quadrilateral, I think that that, is, that, that gets basically at my understanding of what it means to be an, an evangelical, somebody who holds a high view of scripture, who believes that um, that they are to enter the world that, uh, that, uh, the, they must be born again, that they, that that the cross of Christ is, is central to, uh, their life and theology. But, um, there is, there is, and I, I can't deny this, that there is significant overlap between being a white evangelical and embracing, um, this Christian nationalist ideology. So the way we break it down in our book is we, we have this scale, this Christian nationalism scale, 
And we break this scale down into basically four orientations or four categories of, of American. That is uh, rejectors and resistors. These are people who largely either reject or resist Christian nationalism. And then on the other side of the, the average, we have accommodators who are friendly to Christian nationalist views. They make up about a third of Americans. Uh, and then you've got ambassadors, ambassadors of Christian. Now, these are the folks who are the true believers. These are the people who strongly agree that, you know, there shouldn't be a separation of church and state, that the federal government should declare the U.S. a Christian nation, that the U.S. has some kind of a special relationship with God, that he likes us better than other nations, that kind of, those are the true believers. So among, among evangelicals, statistically speaking, you're looking at about a third of evangelical Christians, a little bit over a third of evangelicals who, who are ambassadors of Christian nationalism. Uh, another third of evangelicals, maybe a little bit over a third, would be considered accommodators of Christian nationalism. And so right there, you're getting into the 70, 75% range of, um, of white evangelicals who are either friendly to or true believers of uh, Christian nationalism. Um, and I don't, you know, like, uh, ambassadors are not the same as accommodators. Accommodators are just people who probably they could go either way. Sometimes they hold views that I, I think are a little, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with in terms of, uh, equating, uh, Christian identity with American identity. Uh, but not always, uh, sometimes it, they're, they're just the, the, um, the kind of, the kind of Christian that says, Hey, I really want my, my values to influence politics and that's okay. Um, but when you get to the ambassador category, I mean, you really are getting to the folks that I think have gone full, uh, full stream into, uh, into uh, that, that kind of belief system. Um, and so, you know, but, but I think the important thing to emphasize, Jason, even though we do see like a strong overlap between, say, being an evangelical and holding these, uh, these views, uh, the two are not the same. And oftentimes when we find uh, those evangelicals, those, those 25 to 30% of evangelical Christians who really reject this and identify it for what it is and say that this is, Hey, this is not something that I want to be a part of at all. Um, we find that they, they, they don't behave like, like we, we, we find statistically people who are higher on Christian nationalism, uh, behave, right. So they don't, they don't necessarily, uh, view, um, my, you know, minorities or, uh, or certain political issues with the same kind of, um, I think, far, far right uh, views that we, we see among, say, ambassadors of Christian nationalism. So I, that's, it's one of the reasons that we, we try so hard to kind of disentangle those two things. And it's actually, we've, we've tried to go, I'll go even further. Um, a lot of the, you know, after Trump's victory in 2016 and people, you know, all of these pollsters were coming out and saying, hey, 81% of white evangelicals uh, voted for Trump. And uh, I think evangelicals, a lot of evangelical leaders and scholars were rightly saying like, look, we got to dig into that 81%. What does that mean? You know, what do you, what do you mean? 80? Is that even an accurate mm -hmm. characterization of, of evangelicals? And I, I would actually say that, that it's, it's not. And we, have, we, we went to Pew uh, last year, my co-author my co and I, in February before COVID hit, we went to Pew Research Center, one of these pollsters, and we've talked to other pollsters since. And we tried to get them to see that, look, what, what you're identifying as white evangelicals uh, pulling really hard for Trump and everything that he, he supports and in all of the, the most negative ways. And I'm not just saying people who voted for Trump, but I'm just saying like the full on make America great again uh, kind of uh, thing that we've seen on display in, in, in the most negative ways in some of these um, pockets of, of, uh, of Americans. Um, 
what we're really seeing there is white Christian nationalism. We're not seeing evangelicalism. In other words, we're trying to get pollsters like Pew to be more accurate with their language and to say, look, you, you keep on talking about white evangelicals as if it's this monolithic group. Uh, and it's not. You have a lot of conservative Christians, conservative Protestants, who maybe feel like they, 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 they don't have a, a good decision to make but, you know, or they don't have good choices uh, politically. And I, I get that, absolutely. Um, but that's not the same as being uh, completely on board with everything that Trump has said and done uh, with his entire agenda and what we saw at the Capitol recently on 1-6. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean white evangelicals were completely behind that. They weren't. And so uh, if we can use more precise language to talk about white Christian nationalism rather than white evangelicals, I think that actually helps us all out. Um, it helps scholars be more precise in their language and journalists be more precise in their language. And it obviously helps evangelicals as well because they're able to I think uh, in, a, in, an, in an important and appropriate way, distance themselves from the really negative kind of things we're seeing. Yeah, that's definitely helpful. Um, as you did your research and you broke, um, you broke people down to these four different categories. Yes. Across these categories, did you find, did you find followers of Jesus in all four of those categories from, you know what I mean? Or where, where did people right. who, you know, ascribe to uh, a deep faith in Jesus, where did they, they fall? You know, they, they fell all across the spectrum. Uh, and so uh, we found, uh, and we interviewed uh, part of our, part of our study was not just doing these national surveys though we did those, uh, but we also did interviews with 50 Americans and we found, um, we found that uh, followers of Jesus, People who are committed, they are active in their church. They are they 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 also want to let their faith influence their political views. Um, we found them among rejectors and resistors of Christian nationalism, and we certainly found them among accommodators and ambassadors. But it um, it is it is a, a misunderstanding to say that hey uh, um, a uh, somebody who is a Christian nationalist uh, is 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 absolutely a Christian. That's that's often not the case. Oftentimes, we found uh, we found secular people who affirmed Christian nationalism. That's actually where it gets kind of scary because these mm-hmm. are people who affirm Christian nationalism because it's more of like an ethnic identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they equate being white and being Christian and being American, and that's and that's more I think uh, what we saw at the Capitol. Um, uh, right. we, we see more of a secularized Christian nationalism there, not one that actually cares anything about Jesus, but it's more about kind of taking back something that they feel like belongs to them racially, ethnically, and maybe religiously. Um, but we also saw, um, we also saw uh, followers of Jesus who said, you know what, I'm uncomfortable with this kind of merging of church and state in a way that I feel like really forces me to idolize um, in an idolatrous kind of, in, a, in an idolatrous way, to think of our national future as tied up in God's kingdom, uh, in in a, in a way that just is just not going to happen, right? Like, and so mm-hmm. God's kingdom is going to a Christian would believe God's kingdom is gonna is gonna come. God is going to accomplish His will. Uh, God invites Christians to participate that. Uh, and to the extent that he invites American Christians to participate that, that's great. Or to participate participate in that, that's that's really great. Um, and yet, uh, America is not crucial to the success of God's plan, uh, as I understand the Bible, as I understand my, my right. own theology there. Uh, and so uh, you have a lot of Christians who are, and we found that, that are really uncomfortable with this equating of our national future uh, with the future of 
God's kingdom, that God is somehow uh, needing Americans to take back something that is rightfully there or needing American Christians to take back something that is rightfully theirs or his in order for him to bring about uh, his kingdom on earth. It's just not, um, you know, a, a lot, we found a lot of Christians who are uncomfortable with that. And uh, we're, we're, we're glad for it because we feel like that is a, a potentially, um, not even potentially. I mean, we feel like that is a, um, an unhealthy uh, misunderstanding of what uh, Christian mission in this world ought to, ought to be. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So, you can be a rejecter of Christian nationalism does not mean you're rejecting Christ Absolutely. or Christianity. You can be an ambassador of Christian nationalism. It does not mean you embrace necessarily Jesus Christ or the teachings of, of Christ. Right. So that's, that's fascinating. That, and that's one of the things I think is so challenging. Um, I almost wish it wasn't called Christian nationalism, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Because it, right. because right. it gets fuzzy, you know, and then people get defensive and people are like, but uh, I, I think it's important that we understand that. So we're talking about um, uh, belief in following Christ. Another thing that really plays into this, and I'd like you to speak on this for just a moment, is kind of political political views, like where, where you fall politically. Um, okay. So people that have, um, you know, conservative views. Um, there are people that can hold conservative views that don't necessarily um, embrace Christian nationalism, correct? Right. Sure. Of course. And that's, and I think those are, uh, those would be Americans who have, who have, who have thought carefully about where they feel like the Bible um, uh, uh, puts emphasis on, on certain values that they hold in, in, in culture, in their own personal lives, in the church. Um, and what they feel called to affirm in their vote. And that's, uh, I think that's fine to the extent that they, as in this, and this is again, me incorporating my own understanding of, of, of a Christian's calling and my own understanding of Christian theology um, is, is, is Christians who, who um, identify uh, that uh, we're called to make disciples and that we're called to, uh, be salt and light to the world, and they see part of that being salt and light and making disciples as taking advantage of opportunities to influence the culture, be salt and light, to spread common grace wherever it may be found, and to help people. And that's a that's a good thing. I think what you have to walk watch out for, and this is where I think it again. This is one of those where do I see Christian nationalism in the wild? You you see this kind of us versus them mentality, and I think that's something that is a, a pretty pretty dead giveaway when when I think it's veered into Christian nationalism. But I, I think another example of this is when I talk about being a Christian in my world and bringing Christianity to the to the to to the United States to our nation, um, it, is what I really have in mind more of a culture than a person. Uh, in other words, am I am I am I really jazzed about? introducing people to this person named Jesus uh, who could change their lives, who could forgive their sins, who, who died for them and loves them and wants to turn their world upside down uh, with the gospel? Or am I really more excited about introducing uh, people to this culture of mine, uh, this, uh, these values, these principles, these, uh, these practices, you know, people like me. And, 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 uh, and, and uh, that's where you get more of into this kind of culture war mindset that I, I care less about introducing people to a person than I, than I care about making sure my ideas, my culture, my values, and my principles conquers theirs and, and has the, the win in the public square. 
Um, I think that's kind of uh, another example of this. I mean, it's good to have, like, we believe, we believe as Christians that, that, that Jesus changes our lives and causes a complete rearranging of our values um, in ways that are positive and transformative and can transform the world around us. Again, that's that salt and light kind of idea. Um, and yet I, I think what Jesus calls us to is he wants us to, to make disciples of Christ, not make disciples of Christendom or uh, churchianity or white uh, evangelicalism, but it's, it's introducing people to a person. And so I think, um, so all that to go back to your original question, you can absolutely have conservative values and even b- vote uh, conservative politically, but I think it's a, it's a, as we say, a heart issue. Um, what are you really passionate about? What is really the end goal? Is it about converting people to a culture or converting people to uh, the savior? Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely, Sam. And, and I, I appreciate that clarification because, I mean, I've been in conversations myself um, with people who would probably be you know, fall in the ambassador category, let's say, of Christian nationalism, right? And so, and because I do not affirm those same beliefs, then I am accused of being, um, you know, a liberal or progressive, you know, or, you know, no, right. no longer a conservative, maybe even no longer a Christian, right? So right. Uh, I think it's important, that, and that's why this conversation, I think, is so vital right now, because obviously there's tons of division. Um, th- that we yeah. see in our country here in America specifically. And, and I know in other places around the world, you know, similar, similar things are happening. But um, there's all this division. This conversation needs to happen because people are labeling people um, so quickly mm. yep. based upon things that do not necessarily align. You know, like like the idea of, you know, being a conservative but not embracing Christian nationalism or following the teachings of Jesus but not embracing Christian nationalism. Um, and, and so it's it's in those pockets where I, I think people just make a lot of assumptions. And yeah. one of the things that, that really, really um, weighs on me is that many outside of the church, you know, might assume or, or they'll they'll think that Christian nationalism is truly aligned with Christian belief, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and again, you know, you talked about 1-6. So you talked about uh, the fact that, you know, at the Capitol there were, there's representation. You saw flags. You saw different things that represented, you know, or pointed toward Christianity. And so yeah. people see those images and they assume um, because they're they're looking from the outside in, they assume that these are the same things, um, and and that is is heartbreaking, right? Because we are called, um, you know, like you said, to be salt and light. We are called to engage in in conversation with people and to to get to know people, and we can't even have those conversations when things are painted, um, and there's so much misperception. So, Sam. Big question, I think, um, you know, kind of a, a practical kind of boots on the ground type question is, do you believe that the American church can overcome uh, the perception that many have that the American church is Christian nationalism, that they're, they're, they're intrinsically tied? Yeah, I, uh, I, I think it can. Uh, you know, I, I think... Uh, as an academic, I, uh, 
uh, I always want to see the data and where the, where the data are headed and, right. and, uh, and what kind of trends we can identify. I, I do think, um, so I, I think it's, it's premature to kind of prognosticate about which direction this is going to go. And so I, I want to be optimistic. And I, I, I can say, um, we, we looked at the data recently and Andrew and my co-author and I were looking at the data. We looked at the data since 2007 and we were curious, okay, is, is Christian nationalism becoming more pervasive among evangelicals? Uh, these days than it was in the past. And we, we didn't find a whole lot of movement, positive or negative. And so basically it's kind of the same percentage in 2007 is the same percentage these days who, are, who fall into like the ambassador kind of category. Um, so that, that would suggest that it's kind of, it's kind of staying the same. Um, but uh, I do think, and this is, uh, you know, the, the optimistic, uh, uh, you know, my ministry background coming into, coming into play here. I, I think uh, the church can be mobilized to address this by, by doing what the church is supposed to do. I mean, it, it's uh, by, by preaching Jesus and not culture per se, right? Like I, I, I do think, and I, you know, I think we would all agree as, as Christians that, that uh, Jesus followers should impact the culture. That's a good thing. And so I'm not discouraging that. I'm not saying, hey, keep Christianity in a box or don't tell anybody or don't identify with Christ or don't follow Christian principles and beliefs and values. I I, I do think that should be lived out. But let's focus on like what what we're clear on Jesus wanting us to, to do, which is uh, to be winsome and to be to be to be known by our love, <laughs> to be known by our service, to be wise in the way that we act towards outsiders, as, as Paul said in Colossians, uh, to be uh, to as 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 Paul also said in Romans fourteen, you know, as far as it is possible, as long as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And so, what right. does that mean? What does it mean for us to live as Christians in a nation that is is becoming more secular and uh, that doesn't share? Uh, the same values and doesn't share the same belief system. And how can we be good neighbors and uh, good citizens and salt and light? Is it by trying to conquer the nation? Is it, try- is it by trying to take something back that we think is rightfully ours? Or is it uh, trying to preach Christ and, mm. and, to, and to live as faithful witnesses uh, to the transformation that we see? Uh, and uh, I think that's, I mean, how would that not be attractive? How, how would that not, you know, if, if we're known again by love and sacrifice and service uh, rather than culture warring uh, and in a, in a way that, that, that aligns us with, I think some forces and some elements that I think have not uh, done us any good in terms of our witness. Um, it's just been a, I mean, I think you're identifying that Jason, the fact that, that people are associating followers of Christ with white Christian nationalism and uh, a lot of the most, uh, unsightly elements of, of what's been associated with that I, is a witnessing nightmare and it's an apologetics nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I, and I'm not just thinking in terms of public relations. So this isn't just like, Hey, we just need to be concerned about PR. We, we need to be concerned about like idolatry right. and purifying the church and making sure that we are valuing what we, what we say we value, which is following Christ, living the life that he's called us to live and what that's going to look like as we, as Christians becoming an increasing minority in the nation. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's good. And, that, and that, I think if we live that out and sorry, just, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I think just as we live that out, I mean, I think that that can go a long way in solving the problem, sincerity, love service. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think Sam, that, that what you're saying there is one of the things that, that really stood out in, in your book, taking America back for God. 
is kind of that, you know, there's this belief that Christian nationalists have that the United States is a nation chosen by God to accomplish his will on earth. And therefore, it's kind of the nation's collective obedience to God and to God's laws um, is is a matter of our collective well-being. And and that, there's a tension between that and our, our personal obedience to God. And so, you know, so there is this, um, you know, someone who doesn't hold these Christian national views might be um, viewing their personal obedience to God as a higher priority because that is how God is at work in the world, whether it's in the U.S. or in the underground church in China, right? And that's how God has been at work in the world uh, across um, history is through his followers— um, obediently and in community, but obediently following God. So can you just, um, it may, maybe this is a good way to end, is, is talk a bit about this idea of kind of the the nation's collective obedience to God in tension with a, a person's, you know, just personal obedience to God and how they prioritize that and, and, and how does that relate to this idea of Christian nationalism? Yeah, that's a great uh, a, a great point, and I, I think here is probably where we get um, into the, the theological weeds a little bit because I, I you know I, I think there are different opinions on um, to, to what extent national obedience is connected to uh, God's God's plan for for the kingdom, uh, uh, you know, and and I think a lot of the confusion comes in with with our our personal national story uh, with equating America as like God's new Israel. Uh, mm-hmm. That is that that we have somehow replaced Israel. That we are the we crossed the Red Sea uh, to find uh, religious liberty, and and with that came a whole bunch of really negative. Uh, connections of driving out the Canaanites uh, that we we found here uh, in in the in the nation and uh, and feeling kind of conquest was justified and all those kinds of things and so I I, I don't equate an, uh, America with God's new Israel uh, I think Israel is 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 God's Israel and mm-hmm. and the church has a, a very unique role to play in the world um, and so. Uh, I, I think it's difficult to kind of disentangle what God uh, desires for the nations, other than that there will be people from every tongue and tribe and nation mm-hmm. uh, gathered around the throne. That will be the result of Christian witness in the world. And so, like, I think uh, we know for certain what the church is called to do. We know for certain what Christians are called to do, and that is to be about the business of making disciples, of being good neighbors of loving God and loving people and being salt and light to the world. And, and that's not just as simple. I mean, to some degree, it is as simple as, as, as genuinely being a good neighbor and impacting your local community and serving and sacrificing and giving of your time and your resources for others. And in some ways, it's also being a good citizen. And we live in a democracy or a representative democracy. And we're allowed to vote. And we're allowed to uh, contribute to like, what are the laws and policies that we have in place? And that's a good thing and an important thing. I do think there is a sense in which Christians can affirm uh, a kind of a national civil religion. And I, and I don't mean like uh, in a way that replaces Christianity. I just mean in a, in a way that we acknowledge as Americans that we want to, out of an obligation to the blessings that we've, we've received mm-hmm. uh, from God. I, you know, I like Fourth of July celebrations. I, 
Uh, I think they can veer into Christian nationalism, but sometimes they're, they're really quite moving uh, worship celebrations where we say, thank you, God, for the freedom that we have. Thank you for the, the blessings that we have. Um, as long as those things are coupled with, now what are our obligations as Christians in such a nation to, to mm. serve, to contribute to uh, the benefit of others, uh, not to conquer people, not to drive them out, not to exclude them, uh, but to make sure that this is the kind of nation that uh, all can experience justice and fairness and equality, to be the kind of nation that I think we were founded to be. Um, so I think that is, you know, uh, I, that's what I want to see Christians do. I want to see them living as as winsome, loving, faithful, Christ-following disciples in this in this life, while at the same time contributing to a, a national character um, that is, you know, Know, marked by goodness and justice and fairness. And wouldn't it be great if uh, if not only would the church be known for that, but you know, where the church is most prominently represented in the United States, uh, that was also known for that because of our witness here. That would be that would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be powerful. Awesome, Sam. I, th- I thank you so much for making the time to be with us. Um, we could talk for hours literally on this topic, and sure. there's a lot to dig into. I, I really want to recommend to our listeners, and, and Sam, you didn't ask me to do this, but um, <laughs> uh, you and Andrew, you know, did it, it's a great contribution, I think, to uh, to the church and to thinking here in America, especially, uh, you know, where we find ourselves today, and that is your book, Taking America Back for God. Um, excellent resource. Anyone who's listening in right now who um, has more questions about this or you want to learn more about the research behind this and, you know, some of those those questions where people fell on the scale. And, and if you want to kind of reflect, I mean, this is why I did when I read through the book. I, I did a lot of reflection, you know, and I, I went through those same same six questions kind of that, that are um, – uh, appear in the book and to try to find out like where do I fall you know and and, and what does that look like um, super super helpful taking America back for God encourage you guys to pick that up and and Sam are there other ways that people want to connect more with with you or learn more about this aside from the book um, how could they do that uh, well I'm, I'm always happy for people to reach out and uh, love uh, having conversations with pastors who are dealing with these kind of things as, as a lot of people have reached out already um, and I think that becomes easier. Uh, people people read the book and, uh, you know, without knowing my own story or Andrew's own story, um, and they wonder, you know, are these kind of secular academics who are writing this? And I hope people read it and uh, understand that it, that it was written with a heart from, from people who uh, right. are in the church and who have a heart for the purification of, of the church to make sure it's about the business of what it's supposed to be uh, doing. So I think uh, we're on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Social of the Sacred. Uh, that's S O C O F uh, Sacred, and uh, Andrew is at Andrew Andrew Whitehead. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we're on Twitter, and uh, that's uh, that's basically how to get in touch with us, or if not via email through our kind of respective uh, academic accounts. Yeah. Excellent, Sam. Thank you so much again for being with us. I appreciate um, this conversation. Super important. And uh, again, just want to encourage everyone to to dig in because this is uh, an important conversation that we're having right now in our churches, um, in our country, and, and around the world. So thank you, Sam, for being with us. Well, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Church Leaders Podcast. Be sure to check out the other episodes in this series. You don't want to miss out on the full discussion. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of our interviews. We'd appreciate it if you could take just a few moments to let us know your thoughts by leaving us a review on your preferred podcast platform or sending an email to podcast at churchleaders.com. 
Your positive reviews and ratings help other ministry leaders find us and benefit from our content. So until next time, this is Jason Day encouraging you to love well and lead well. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.